I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Outkick Bets with me, Jeff Clark. We gave Dan Z the week off, but I brought in an old handicapping homie. Actually, a former co-host at a podcast that me and him did at my previous employer, Sportsbook Wire. He still writes for Sportsbook Wire. You can also check out his handicaps at Odds Odds Shopper. Excuse me. And you're also a editor at Cincy Jungle, isn't that right? Well, let me bring you in officially, the homie Nathan Beagle. Nathan, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can find me at uh, Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, Beagley, B-E-I-G-H-L-E, underscore. That's the Twitter. But uh, yeah, Cincy Jungle, Odd Sharper, Sportsbook Wire. We do three things now. Um, yeah, we've been kept pretty pretty active at uh, Cincy Jungle. Five straight wins, so uh, we're feeling ourselves over there. Um do you produce nah, more always, or less content based on like how Cincinnati's playing? It's weird because I have been with the website since we were absolute just like ass. Right. So like So two, from like ninety one I mean, to I was at I was at the Bengals Jets when we were a two win team. And like I would go home, write a Twitter reactions. Let's just say uh views views are better when you're good so uh <laughs> there's more content when you're good at what when you're good it's just like drafts aren't as fun like the draft day for the f- number one overall pick brings in like several hundred thousand views for sure yeah joe burrow but, when you guys drafted him you since he jungle is probably going nuts yeah but the draft day for like pick 26 is like but like you'd rather have the four weeks of nfl playoff football than <laughs> right. the one draft night yeah, you'd rather have the Super Bowl parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like morally. Like like Cincinnati was popping after that. So uh that was that was pretty exciting. And and they've been uh I think I I think I read this right. I'm pretty sure the Bengals are eighteen and three against the spread over their last twenty one. I read that I today too. I know they're the hottest team. That is insane. And we're gonna absolutely clap the cheeks off the bucks. So Dude um it feels like I've It bet feels like all... we have to win by fifty. Oh, well, I was going to say, like- it feels like I've bet all three of those losses. So, like, the last time I bet the Bengals was Monday Night Football against the Cleveland the Browns, Browns and they, yeah, yeah. they scarred me. Yeah, Halloween was bad. That's why, like, dude, we had, um. what's crazy is the craziest stat is that Joe Burrow had never beaten the Browns coming into last weekend, but he had beaten Patrick Mahomes every time. He was 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes and 0-5 against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it's like some weird thing where Stefanski and just like the Browns organization, they only like built their team to play against you guys. And like, they're pretty good against you, but they suck against most other teams. It's like a weird thing. Too bad. I'm going to take them this week. (laughs) I was thinking about taking them. We're going to get into it 
um, obviously here in a few minutes, but I do want to kind of recap week 14 with you. I, uh, I don't know what you, what you did in week 14 or how you did. Um, what, what, what were some of your bets? Did you win? Did you lose last week? I actually had my first losing week. I broke a four week lose winning streak. So I, uh, I didn't bet a lot on Sunday. I forgot. I forgot what I was doing Sunday. Oh, I was in a, I was in San Fran. I came back. I had an overnight flight. I had a red eye and I had a three hour layover in Detroit. So I didn't feel like doing anything Sunday. I will say I was two and zero on the bets I did hit because I hit a chargers Monday night fo- or Sunday night football and then Pat's Monday night football. So those were good. But aside from that, I, it was not a huge betting week for me with the uh, decision to hit that red eye work trip, huh? took it out of you uh pleasure trip san fran baby i was coming to your town your your side of the country oh okay fair enough fair enough yeah um i've only been up to san fran a couple times what what like what brought you out there uh yosemite and i wanted to catch a warriors game at the chase center mm. me and my buddy had the pto and we're like hey you don't use the pto you lose the pto so we just decided san fran was the was the play i don't hate it it it's too bad you couldn't see the uh, Buccaneers uh, 49er game. We uh we could have seen the 49ers Dolphins game, but we passed on it because That's the tickets we got for the Warriors game were like 250. So we were like, yeah, you didn't want to go rich. into to heavy debt going to Bay Area yeah, sports games. Yeah, I didn't want to look at my credit card and it be max. I wanted it to be less than max. <laughs> That's that's actually a good strategy. That's something you should lead your life by. <laughs> Yeah, you guys didn't know you were getting financial advice. I have a finance degree from Northern Kentucky. Come at me for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff. Uh, well, we are already off to a well-rounded start to this podgast. <laughs> I went uh, two and three in the Circa Million. You're familiar with what that is, right? It's, it's like the Super Contest, uh, but it's it's the, the casino that hosts it in Vegas is Circa Sports. So you got to pick five... NFL sides per week and then every every week of the regular season and the person with the highest winning percentage wins a first place prize which I think is 1.5 million does it rattle down I assume like if you're third 50th I think top 10 get paid there's quarterly bonuses and then there's also booby prizes and and booby quarterly prizes I think Circa just like saying boobies a lot. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Super Contest didn't like any boobies. So <laughs> that was, I, I had to split on those guys. Actually, I, I like the Super Contest. I don't have any hate. Um, I'm not trying to hate on them, but Circa Million does a really good job. It's a little cheaper and um, a cooler sports book. But I, uh, I, I won four straight weeks. Last week snapped that, though. I went two and three. I'm still 796 place out of 4,683 entries. I'm nine games above 500. Hit with my best bet, the Lions. Uh, Actually, that wasn't my best bet. My best bet was the Buccaneers plus three and a half. They got absolutely embarrassed. Yikes. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. That was a... uh, I didn't have to spend a lot of time watching that game. I guess that's a good thing for for that one. First quarter. Oh, man. That was just an all-out ass whooping. I really... I really was confident. Like my, you know, you know, Jason McIntyre. He's uh, on the Colin Coward show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and him are are homies, and we DM about this the contest throughout the football season. 
and he was on the 49ers and I was just giving him shit. Like you're really going to lay points with a fucking mystery relevant against Tom Brady. Like you're really going to do that. So oh, I'm taking Kyle Shanahan to meet our Ryan's. I'm sitting here making fun of him, but he was right. And that was way wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. It, it was, was a brutal. tough one to swallow too. I mean, that, that 49ers defense is legit. The Buccaneers are frankly kind of broken. I don't know. You know, they, they uh they can blame their coaching staff or whoever but it's a pretty embarrassing season. You don't have any action in your on your Bengals this week, right? No, I don't have anything uh written down. I think the line's probably a little steep for a road favorite. Mm, um, I agree. Damn it, I agree. What what is it? 5, 6? No, it's 3 and a half right now, dude. Clearly didn't look at that line. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would rather play the three and a half than take it with the Bucks. But uh, do you know? I saw a thing that said, I saw a thing that said every time Brady suffers like one of the biggest losses of his career, he like goes on to win the Super Bowl or something. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I don't. Know, I don't dude. know. I just, I don't know. I probably wouldn't. The, the I don't like playing teams that are like super hot, and it just feels wrong. But don't play the Bucks. I'll tell you that. Yeah, my thing is that I just, I don't know. I, I really thought I had a good look with the Bucks last week, and I have the Bengals as like a top five team according to my numbers. So I will I will say to give you the props, I feel like a lot of how I handicap the games is like based on how you handicap the games because when I first got into like sports betting, like you were one of the people like I would read a lot of and like listen to a lot. So I feel like I'm like, oh, super hot team. They're going to be a public favorite. Tom Brady, Goat. Yeah. I'm not playing the Bengals as favorites on the road. You know some like of my moves. I feel like that's – I feel like, yeah, that's like your rationale. Like the Bengals are going to be favorites. The, the Bucks just got ripped. Like – Yeah. And then what was what was that thing? You said three and a half. Oh, no, wait. You said you love minus three and a half because it – it like makes the public feel safe because they get a field goal and then like yeah. the three and a half favorite is a pretty good one. I, I remember you telling me that once. Like a sports book uh manager who goes on VEASAN a lot, this guy Chris Andrews, he runs the South Point, made he made the point of that three and a half you usually lay it with the favorite and then take two and a half as an underdog because most people are aren't going to lay it with three and a half. They think, you know, the hook, oh man, you got that extra value. And other people think like, oh, it's under three. I'm not going to take the the underdog. Hopefully it gets up to three. And usually going the opposite of those, those, um, thoughts is, is, is profitable. So, um, but I don't know, man, like I've seen you go on heaters before with your own analysis. And I think you have, you you can get as hot as anyone else doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone has their own their own uh, different things to them. I mean, just because I like listening to you doesn't mean it's all based around what Jeff Clark would do. Of course not. Um, the one look that I, I kind of th- was thinking about in the Bengals-Buccaneers game, and I, I, I want some of your feedback on this. Um, I, I was thinking about under 44 and a half, right? Like, your defense is legitimate. I got into an argument with some guy on Twitter, some um, like famous sports gambler, and he, he thought the Bengals' defense was a little overrated from last year. They didn't 
they didn't have a lot of injuries to overcome and them playing against a first place schedule would kind of bring them back down to earth. And the Bengals defense low key has been just absolutely nasty. And well, there's a, there's two keys to that in my mind. And the one key is DJ reader might be the best nose tackle in the entire NFL. And I feel like nose tackles don't get a lot of love, but when you are a, a massive beast and you can stop the run, I mean, look what Nick Chubb did to us last week. Nothing. He he did nothing. Yeah. And when when they when they played in October, I don't think Reader was playing. He missed. I think he was on IR earlier in the season. So like he missed time. And when he missed time, we were one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So bringing Reader back was huge. And then we've also had um, the eruption of our second round draft pick, Cam uh, Taylor Britt. Uh, he's been outstanding, and that's been huge because our first round, our number one cornerback, Ch- Chidobi Awuzie, went down with I believe it was an ACL tear. And so we were having Eli Apple as our number one. Well, having someone fill in along with him has been huge. So, yeah, I think our defense is nasty. Our defense is a – I think our defense is capable of getting us to the Super Bowl again. That's for sure. And, that I mean, that's the reason we got to the Super Bowl, and we kept many of our key starters there. Yeah. Um, I am nervous about the, tr- the Hendrickson injury. He got, he got the broken wrist, right? Is he ruled out? I think he's definitely out. I don't know if the- – I saw something that said Taylor was trying not to rule him out, but yeah, I was surprised he didn't even hit the, I, I was surprised he wasn't on the IR. Well, no, I mean, they, they're thinking that gladiator sinking, just cast it up, shoot me with cortisone. I'll go out and play. Like, yeah, we'll see. I think I, he'll I don't miss think this it's, game. I mean, it's a broken wrist. It's probably not mobile this week, but like, I don't know. I broke a wrist. Like you can kind of get out there and get moving after a couple weeks and, you know, I, this was when I was a kid. I mean, this guy's a professional athlete, the best medical um, expertise helping him out. So, I, I also thought like the Bengals wide receiver uh, room is a little banged up here, so maybe they're going to have to lean more on their defense this week. So that was the other reason for liking or leaning towards the under in that game. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And T. Higgins, I think, might be out. Of- I know my brother had him in fantasy last week, and like he played one snap, and was just like, "Yeah, my hammy's done." Um, yeah. So we'll see if he's back in action, but and we we don't really know what we're doing in our running back room either. Joe Mixon gets some snaps. P. Ryan gets some snaps. I think it's it looked kind of hard for them to like really find some uh, momentum within the game when it's like a series by series thing. It almost feels like so. I don't know if we love what we're doing in the run game right now either. I'm going to think more about it. Maybe get down on the under there. Um, all right. I got kind of I like lost in the sauce here, but I, I hit with the Lions minus two last week against the, the Vikings. I hit with the Chargers plus three and a half um, against the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. I whiffed on a six-point teaser, took the Raiders down to minus one Thursday Night Football and the Ravens up to eight. Ravens cashed, uh, but the Raiders lost that teaser, so... Uh, I lost at the Seahawks minus four and a half lost at the bills minus nine and a half. And we just talked about the Buccaneers at length. So that's where I'm at. Um, again, 796 place at a 4,683 entry. So got some work to do, but hopefully I can get hot here in these last four weeks and make a run towards the money. It's not looking good, but whatever. Uh, before me and Nate get to the handicap, let me just shout out the sponsors sponsors of this podcast, DraftKings Sportsbook and PointsBet Sportsbook. You can get sweet promotional bonuses by visiting outkick.com backslash bet. 
Um, there's actually two bonuses available for DraftKings users. New DraftKings users can win $150 in free bets by placing a $5 bet on any NFL money line. If that team wins, you'll get $150 in free bets. DraftKings also provides a $1,000 deposit bonus match. Both of those promotions are accessible by visiting outkick.com backslash bet and then clicking through to that link. Also, PointsBet Sportsbook is another um, sponsor of this podcast. They have a promotion where you can place two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. Again, visit outkick.com backslash bet for that. And Outkick also provides betting tools to help you get the best of the number. We have odds finders, player props finders, and future finders available on outkick.com backslash betting. So if you go to that page, you'll see clickable links that will help you find the best of the number, which, as you guys know, is the most important thing when sports betting. So uh, check out those free tools at the top of outkick.com backslash betting. All right, so... This is the part of the the NFL calendar that I absolutely love. I am lukewarm on college football. I really like the college football playoff, but the bowl season is an absolute nightmare. So when um, the NFL starts implementing Saturday football games, I get pretty excited. I actually have a look in Saturday football games, one of them at least, and, and so do you. We'll talk about yours first, actually. The Baltimore Ravens visiting the Cleveland Browns. I almost got to the window on this one, but what side do you like in, in this game and why? Yeah, so originally I uh, forgot we were recording on a Thursday and I had Seattle plus three and a half on there as my first bet, but we're going to bypass that and we're going to go Browns minus three. And I think part of it's after watching the Bengals-Browns game, kind of what what you see. So the Browns were abused by Cincinnati last week, and I'm not going to say that it was – a lot of it was careless uh, issues that they should be able to resolve week over week. They were destroyed by penalties. A lot of the Bengals' drives were sustained by penalties. Playing Baltimore at home in what would be seen as a must-win game if they want any chance at making the playoffs – so the Ravens are also without Lamar Jackson. They barely squeak by the Steelers, who I think are probably one of the worst teams in the league. They covered as 1.5-point favorites. Um, so prior to even that, they had failed to cover three in a row, and the Ravens are just 3-6 and six against the spread over their last nine. And also, Deshaun, Jackson, or Deshaun Watson is starting to get better. He's starting to get more comfortable. He had 131 passing yards against the Texans in the opener. That sucked. We get it. 55% completion rate. <laughs> Um, people know Watson's better than that. He hadn't had that lacking success in any time at the Texans. So coming into the Bengals, he had 62% completion percentage, doubled his passing yards, had his first passing touchdown. And that was against a much better Bengals defense. Um, so you got to think Deshaun Watson's going to get a little more comfortable. He's probably grown more comfortable with Amari Cooper. who's one of the best route runners in the league. And then, the, the Ravens attack, they rank the 20, they allow the 26 most passing yards per game. So Watchins should be able to, as he's growing more comfortable, be able to uh, kind of show off his talent, I would say. So given the Ravens haven't looked great without Lamar Jackson since Lamar Jackson's coming to the league when he misses time, and that I'm hoping Watson's success continues on as or the week over week as he gets more comfortable after missing a year. I'm taking the Browns minus three. 
Um, I do that USA Today Sports Weekly column, and I actually gave it out there at minus two and a half. So I got it before the public seemed to be on it or before the sports books wanted to make it a little juicier. So I like the minus three. I think it's a good line. Yeah, it's only a lean for me. I almost got there with the Browns as well. Um, Baltimore's rush defense is like legit. They're they're nasty. Um, I'm just high on Baltimore's defense overall. Like their secondary is very talented, and I'm I Deshaun Watson's my favorite non-Giants football player. Um, you know, not withstanding. A little skeptical. <laughs> not notwithstanding. It's a little odd. Yeah, I mean, what do you? <laughs> I mean, that guy, I, I, I talked about in this podcast, that guy has made me more money than any other athlete over the past, since he was a freshman in, in, at Clemson. So that's where I um, that's where I started to, to love Deshaun Watson, the football player. You can, you can uh, love the man but hate the sin, as Derek Carr would say. <laughs> Dude, that's one of, the, that's one of the greatest ways... To, uh, that's what he said about John Gruden after John Gruden got fired. He's like, you can love the man but hate the sin. And it was like the greatest <laughs> quarterback answer ever. <laughs> um, but Deshaun Watson, like, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to continue to get better. And, you know, he's he's a top five quarterback when right. Uh, he threw a bunch of balls into the dirt against the Houston Texans his first game. Like you said, got a little bit better against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals defense, which is nasty. Um, and, and I, and I love Nick Chubb to, to maybe have some success here against a stout Ravens rush defense, but the Ravens low key kind of own the Browns, you know, they've covered five of their last six meetings. They've won five of the last six meetings. I don't think there's a huge drop off, um, especially in a division match, which should be very cold from, from Lamar Jackson, the Tyler Huntley. Um, I think as the season wears on, if if they can't get Lamar Jackson back in the lineup, Baltimore is in some trouble. But in this spot, I, I agree with the number. Uh, I would I would really like it at two and a half, but now that it's moved to three, I can't get I can't get that far in there, or I can't get uh, behind it. But I see your well, at logic. Least you get the void. <laughs> the what? At least you get the void. Said at least you get the void. Right. Um. All we right. Play for the void. <laughs> You goofy bastard. Um, all right, let's talk about the 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 primetime game on, on Saturday Night Football, which is the Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills. I uh, talked about this this morning on Dan Dakich's program, homie at Outkick here, but I'm taking the points at the, the Miami Dolphins. <clears throat> it opened at 7.5 and, and got immediately bet down to 7. It's a, I think it's a buy low spot for Miami. They got beaten pretty handily in two straight games here to the by the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Chargers. San Francisco's got like the best defense in the league. Um, granted, Tua got manhandled in that game, and really Miami's offense got manhandled in that game. And the Los Angeles Chargers, their defense was banged up, and how Tua played was pretty scary if you're going to back them here, but that's kind of how betting the NFL works is you got to buy teams at their low point and they don't get any lower than having a primetime stinker. And that's effectively what Miami had last week against the chargers. Also, I think like Miami's 21 19 win week three versus Buffalo <clears throat> kind of predicted how Buffalo season 
would play out. Like Buffalo cannot put teams away because their run game is absolute buns. Like they can't run the ball. It's a weird thing. I don't. I don't know. I think it's the running backs. Like I think Devin Singletary kind of sucks. James Cook is a rookie. They got rid of Zach Moss. I think so. When they need to run the ball, they just they ask Josh Allen to do it. But that's not. I don't know. That's not. That's not. It's definitely not a rushing tack that I'm very confident in. <clears throat> and I'm less confident when I looked at PFF's trenches breakdown, which gives Buffalo's offensive line a massive disadvantage against Miami's defensive line, both in run blocking and pass protection. Um, I don't think people have paid attention to just really how stacked Miami's defensive line is between um, that kid Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins in the middle, who are two great defensive tackles. They got Melvin Ingram on the edge, and then they also picked up Bradley Chubb um, around the trade deadline. So they have a sick defensive line. They have a, a, a talented secondary that's played pretty poorly this year, but I think they can get it together versus a familiar opponent. And I think ultimately this game is one in the trenches, which is a corny corny thing, football thing to say, but I think it applies here because the weather forecast is predicting sub-30 degree temperatures, double-digit mile-per-hour winds, possibly going to be snow. So um, Miami's got the edge in the trenches. Also, Buffalo is one of the worst tackling teams in the league, which is pretty shocking to me. They're graded as the second-worst tackling team, according to PFF. They've missed the fourth-most tackle. So I think it's a bounce-back game for Tua. I think he gets the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell in space, and I think these guys make some plays. And the Bills will probably win, but I'll I'll definitely take the seven here. What are your thoughts on this game, though? Yeah, uh, I think all the entire commentary around uh the game has been pretty hilarious like did you see mike mcdaniel's wearing that like it could be colder shirt or something and then like tua saying like hey guys it snows in alabama like (laughs) so some of some of that stuff's just hilarious and i think i think the dolphins are still playing with a chip on their shoulder and i do like the dolphins team you all gotta also realize their offensive line is the real deal too like taron armstead is one of the best tackles in the in the league um, he was out against the 49ers. That's why they got bullied. Yeah, so I expect them to, to have a pretty good game. And I agree. I, th- I think the Bills, um, I think seven's just a lot. And it's hard to get behind a, a team. When you when you battle a team like Dallas, it's hard to get seven points. Um, at the same time, you could have kind of argued that maybe that's what the sportsbooks are leaning on. Maybe it's like, oh, seven's a huge number for – um, a team playing the Dolphins, who I think the Dolphins do have some public uh, uh, reputation. I think they are growing in the public eye. I think people like Tua and Tyreek Hill. So, and like you said, it's going to be one in the trenches. And uh, can can the Dolphins win the game in the trenches? Given uh, their offense is also mainly uh, a passing offense. So, I I would only play the Dolphins plus seven, but I would pro- I'm probably staying away from this one. So to your point, and I've thought a lot about this of. It opened at seven and a half, and at seven, Miami beat Buffalo in Week Three. They're, I think, they're eight and five. They were in first place in the AFC East. So you see seven, and you think, oh man, the sports books are are begging for Miami money, right? This is a big number to lay uh, for against a good team. But I also realized that I laid nine and a half with the Bills 
last week. I laid 13 half with the Bills against the Jets. I guess what I'm getting at here is idiots like me are going to bet the Bills regardless. So they can make the price whatever they want. I mean, they made the Bills a favorite. The Bills have been a favorite in every single game, including in Kansas City against the Chiefs. They covered that game. They won that game. But it really just doesn't matter. The Buffalo is going to get public support regardless. I mean, pregame.com, they said, they, I know their betting splits had, had Buffalo getting about 80% of the money earlier today. I think it's it's cooled off a little bit or there's been less Buffalo money to come in. But the market just loves this team. So I understand it looks it looks fishy. But I also just kind of think the sports books are like, you know what? We can price Buffalo whatever, and these idiots are still going to pay for it. And I've been that idiot like three times this year. I don't know. That's my that's my two cents. But let's talk about a game that both of us have action on here in the, uh, the Sunday window. The Dallas Cowboys visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're oppo here, so one of us are going to win. Why don't you make your case for the Jaguars? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What do you think? Yeah, so I'll make my case Jaguars plus four. Um, so they're three and two against the spread at home this season. Dallas is one and one against the spread is a road favorite. And Jacksonville's been playing well lately. Ever since I watched them make that comeback against Baltimore, I've kind of been more of a watch them a little closely. So they're three one and one against spread over the last five games. And they've played well. They sit top 15 in total yards, passing yards, rushing yards. And then on the other hand, um, the Cowboys are just two and three against the spread over the last five. They sit, uh, they allow the 23rd most rushing yards per game. So it's what Dallas can't do defensively. Jacksonville does well offensively. And then you got to also think on the other side, it's um, what Dallas does well. Dallas has ran the ball really well this season. The Jags have that key strength on their defense. So Given those two strength on weaknesses matchups with how this game looks to line up, and again, the the public support should be on the Cowboys as they're surging. I mean, they're going to be the public favorite here. Um, I just expect the Jaguars to be able to cover a plus four. Yeah, dude. I I think there's just a lot of. Sorry, go ahead. I think the Jags' defensive line with uh, was it Travion Walker? I think he's also he's also a stud, the number one overall pick. Yeah, but he's not practicing. Oh shoot! I did not look up their injury report, but yeah, I still. I mean, like I said, they have been playing well. They have a good offense, so we'll see. But I like Jacksonville plus plus four. They're the sharp side, right? There's more money on Jacksonville, more bets on the Cowboys. The odds makers are reacting to the sharp money. The look ahead line was Dallas minus six. It's down to minus four, but. I'm okay bucking the sharps here because Jacksonville has gotten sharp money every game for the last two years. 
Like it's kind of like the Browns were a couple years ago. Like Sharps kept betting the Browns in their one in fifteen year and just couldn't figure it. It was like I, I don't. The value is with them every week, and it's kind of how the Jacksonville Jaguars are. They're ten and fifteen as an underdog since the beginning of last year. Five and eight against the spread um, at home. Uh, oh and nine against the spread against NFC NFC teams, and two and four against the spread following a win. Also, I think. We're getting a bit of an overreaction or the market's overreacting to week 14 results. Jacksonville beat the shit out of Tennessee, right? 36-22, but Tennessee was missing several starters. And, I mean, Trevor Lawrence and, and Doug Peterson are, are doing a better job, and they are they are trending in the right direction. So I'll give them a little bit of credit. Also, Dallas eked eat past Houston, excuse me, 27-23, but – Ultimately, dude, I, I think it's a get-right game for Dak. I think it's a get-right game for the, the Dallas pass rush. Here's Jacksonville's defensive rankings that significantly hurt its passing, uh, its pass defense. They're 26th in opponent's yard per pass, 29th in sack rate, 29th in opponent's third-down conversion percentage, 26th in opponent's red zone scoring per- percentage, and they're dead last in tackling. Um also, Trevor Lawrence has taken a sack in every single game this year, and week 14 was Dallas's only game without a sack. So I think they bounce back, and they get in Trevor Lawrence's face. In fact, Dallas has recorded at least two sacks in every other game this year, and these teams have, dude, they've played similar opponents, but like Dallas has looked much better against these teams. Let's go through them. They both played Philly, right? Dallas lost 26-17. Um, albeit they had Cooper Rush, but it's a loss. Jacksonville lost 29-22. They weren't able to cover. They both played Washington. Dallas beat Washington 25-10. Jacksonville lost 28-22 week one. They both played Indy. Dallas beat the shit out of Indy (laughs) 54-19. That was, dude, I was on the wrong side of that one. I had, I had Indy and I was feeling pretty good after halftime. I don't know. It was embarrassing. Anyways, Jacksonville one and one straight up um, and against the spread versus Indy. They both played Detroit. Dallas um, owned Detroit twenty four six. Jacksonville got crushed by Detroit forty to fourteen. They both played the New York Giants. Dallas won both their games against the Giants. Almost covered the second one. Jacksonville lost to the Giants twenty three seventeen. Houston, Detroit, Dallas squeaked past them. Jacksonville actually lost to Houston thirteen to six earlier this year. So it's a good spot for, for Dallas in the sense that they usually cover in these in these positions, at least since hiring Mike McCarthy. And I do think the Jaguars, no offense, that they're kind of a fake sharp play. I think I mean, people think they're getting a, a making a sharp play, and I think they're going to get waxed. Maybe I not. also kind of think part of it is you, you just had three straight home games. You have the Eagles at home next week. There could be a look-ahead spot. You could have got comfortable at home. You're going against the Jaguars team that really has more to prove than the 10 and three Cowboys team. They're going to get that wild card spot anyway. They might as well prep for the Eagles. Um, but dude, you remember? I mean, we did we did an NFL podcast all last year, right? How often were we on the Jaguars? How how many times did they fuck I mean, us yeah, last year? You just, how many times? That, that's my point. Is you just you just said a thousand stats about how horrible they were last year, but they're three. I mean, they've covered three of their last five. They're three one and one in their last five, so they're doing something right. And Doug Peterson is is a hell of a lot better of a coach than Urban Meyer was. So, fair enough. You know, I love Urban. 
fellow Fox worker. Yeah. I could yeah, slack yeah. I could slack message Urban. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's true. I, I he definitely wouldn't respond and my editor would not be happy about that. But He's in the he he's in the ecosystem. Good. He's, he's in the the organizational structure. Wait, what is Jacksonville's record right now? They're five uh, and eight. They suck. They suck. And again, going back to last year, I love Trevor Lawrence. I've never sold my Trevor Lawrence stock. He looked he's looked great the past few weeks. And if he rounds a corner, great. Like I I, I think he's going to be good. I think the Doug Peterson Peterson thing's going to work out. But like. Dallas has been sick as a home as an away uh, a road favorite. They've been killer in December, and like people hate on Mike McCarthy. People want to fade Dallas because they're America's team, and it's it's fun fading Dallas. But they keep covering. They have for the past two years. So, but you make great points. No, it could be a look ahead spot. They they, they did play a few road uh, home games consecutively. So that's actually some pretty good analysis. I can't hate. Yeah, we'll see who's right. We'll see who's right. Well, at least one. May of the best man win. win. <laughs> For sure. Um, this is actually probably my my the, my next bet is probably my favorite on the board. Um, I've bet Detroit. For two straight weeks now, and now I'm gonna knife them right in the back, and I'm gonna bet the New York Jets. <laughs> I knew, dude. I knew minus two. I was like. I, I was almost ready to like write it up and give it out, but I almost knew there was no chance I was actually going to convince myself that minus two for the Jets against a surging Lions team was a was a good play, but I will really want to hear you say it. Okay, so it's right now. It I think Is got it up to two? one I think I got I... up to one and a half. Okay. Minus one and a half then? I think I'm, I'm looking I looked for at that yeah, line when I was trying now. to when I was trying to pick what I wanted to do for the Sports Weekly article. I was like, the Jets are what? The Jets, the Jets are favorites. Um, so you caught it a so little yeah, late. Tell me about it. Tell so, tell me about it. So you caught it a little late. The Lions open around a pick on round a favorite. So there's this old school handicapping angle, Nate, where again last week the Detroit Lions opened. As home underdogs. So whenever a team goes from home underdogs to road favorites the next week, you always fade that team. With the concept being there's probably an overreaction at play. And if you're really that good of a team, how could you be a home underdog? Right? Like you can't be that good. So um, I also... If you look at the, the Detroit's red hot lately, they're won five of the last six games. They've covered all six games, but they're plus eight in turnover differential over that span. That's going to come back down to earth. And the defenses that they played have either been below average or terrible, with the lone exception being the Buffalo Bills, who, who they lost to, albeit they covered, but it's Thanksgiving in Detroit. It's pretty much their Super Bowl every single year. Um, the, the Jets' defense is sick. They're sixth in EPA per play, right? And everyone's acting like the Detroit Lions are the greatest show on turf. They got shut out this this year by the, the New England Patriots. The Cowboys beat them 24-6. to So it's possible to shut down Detroit's offense. They're not world beaters. They're, they're running hot right now because they played my shit-ass Giants defense, the, the, the terrible Chicago Bears defense. Minnesota's defense, who everyone knows is overrated. Everyone knows Minnesota sucks. I'm sorry, you're about to say something, and I kind of cut you off. What what are you thinking? 
Oh, no, I was just uh, the judge drafted Sauce Gardner, who's from Cincinnati, and I currently uh, abode in Cincinnati, and that means I just love the Jets' defense. Yeah. And so, Sauce Gardner has been maybe the—he should be the defense player of the year, so. Yeah, I think he's almost a lock for defensive rookie yeah. of the year. Um, that's the other thing is that, like, Minnesota—this uh, is according to Warren Sharp. I'm not smart enough to pick this up, but last week, Warren Sharp— noted that Detroit's passing offense could have success against Minnesota because a um Minnesota blitzes more than more than average and Jared Goff is actually really good against the blitz and they play a lot of zone defense and Jared Goff rips zone defenses the Jets they play a lot of man and they get pressure without blitzing they're one of the lowest blitz rates in the league so it's the complete opposite and this defense is the Jets. I mean, is a top tier defense. But the most, the, the 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 biggest angle here is fading Jared Goff on the road in winter conditions. Listen to these home road splits this year. This year, Nate at home, Jared Goff has twenty touchdowns, three interceptions. He's got two hundred seventy seven passing yards per game and a one hundred seven quarterback rating at home. On the road. He has two touchdowns, four interceptions, has 50 less passing yards per game, and an 81 quarterback rating. Like, he is going to come back down to earth, and this Jets defense is going to is 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 gonna shut down the, the, the Lions offense, in my opinion. I'm getting I think this should be Jets minus three. They have a higher net yards per play, higher expected points um net expected points added per play and they have a better record <laughs> I, I, I just too much love for the lions and i think they're gonna get humbled this week by a sick defense hey i can't hate it i thought about doing it but i didn't get there but i love it so so my brother we're segueing to your pick my brother does a a bet of the week and he actually does really good it's usually when he tries to do the momentum bet, when he wins his first bet, that he'll lose it back. But his bet of the week is always pretty good. He's bet Bears overs a couple times, and he likes the Chicago Bears, Philadelphia Eagles over. So that's I'm just throwing that out there to you now because I know you're oppo here, but I want to hear your reasoning for going oppo because maybe it's the right side. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, when you look at the numbers, you're going to be like, Nathan... Nathan, are you serious? Like, you're an idiot. Because there, there's every reason to believe that the Bears-Brown, there's every reason to believe the 48 isn't high enough. I mean, the Bears have gone over in seven straight games. That's almost unheard of. If you cover seven straight, you're going to be making some headlines. So the Bears have gone over in seven straight. Um, I think the point that can be made is that, A, the Bears are not going to have offensive success against the Eagles. So they scored 19, 10, 24, 30, 32, 29, 33. That means they scored over 30 in 30 or more in three of their last in three of those seven. They're not doing that against the team that ranks number one in passing yards against and number seven in points scored against. I mean, the Eagles defense is legit. They have probably two of the best cornerbacks in the league in Darius Slay and James Bradbury. And then you look at their their linebacking core with TJ Edwards and Hassan Reddit. They're going to have the speed to be able to get out wide on uh, 
Justin Fields. So I don't see the Bears doing very well in this game. And then on the other side, you also have, what did they do last week against your Giants? Well, they held Saquon Barkley to nine carries on 28 yards. So they might have scored 48, which would almost cover this by itself. But <laughs> they uh, they didn't give up many yards to what the Bears also do. The Bears like to run the ball. The Bears are one of the better running teams in the league. They rank actually first in the league in rushing yards per game and dead last in passing yards per game, which if you've been following the Bears doesn't seem that surprising. Um, no. But the Eagles have held opponents to 22 or fewer in three of their last four. The Bears have one of the worst offenses in the league, especially when looking against how the Eagles play defense. Um, and then you also have what what if the Bears can play defense, what do they do well? Well, they don't they allow rushing yards. Let's just say that. But they're actually not horrible in the past game. They allow the 11th most passing yards against where that's kind of where, I mean, the Eagles are all around a good offense and they've been surging lately, but I kind of think they probably take the gas off in this game because I don't think this is a game at halftime. I think it's 21, nothing or something. I don't see this being much of a game and I see the clock's going to be going to be ticking. Both teams sit top five in rush play percentage. So the, the clock's going to be consistently moving. I don't see the bears getting much of anything going. And I think the Eagles will just coast. I mean, they've been red hot lately, but that's what makes the under the better play here is that, hey, the Bears have gone over in seven straight. Hey, the Eagles have gone over in three of the last four, but the Eagles defense is legit. And who knows if the Eagles offense is going to be able to score 40 on a team that actually has like a decent, like not a horrible pass defense. So I can understand why you look at that game and think, wow, the Eagles have been shredding lately. Uh Let's hammer the over, but I don't think it's going to even be a close game, and I think the the gas will be taken off in the second half. A lot of garbage time as part of your analysis, huh? I mean, at least some of the analysis. I mean, do you, do you see this game being close? You think it, you think it goes forty twenty five or something? Uh, I don't know. I just I, no, I don't I see they, the Bears. I, I don't see the Bears scoring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I think they get dump trucked. I don't think the Bears hope this over cash in like a backdoor situation because they just don't have the passing offense to to, to make up huge yards um and yeah, then like i said the eagles have they have studs on their defensive line yeah. they have studs in their linebacking core justin fields isn't going to be able to run around all over on them i mean they're they're a sound team justin fields has really only abused defenses that haven't been great defense i mean look at who the uh, look at who the Bears put up thirty on. They put up thirty. They put up thirty-two on a super high-flying uh, Dolphins team. They put up thirty on the Lions. Horrible. They put up. I mean, they only scored ten against the Jets. Who we were just talking about having one of the better defenses in the league. So, I mean, if this game ends thirty-eight ten, I think that's about as realistic as a score as I see. Yeah. Also, like the the Eagles, um, their defense goes against a mobile quarterback every day in practice. So they're at least like somewhat used to Justin Fields' mobility. It's not going to catch him completely off guard. Yeah, and a mobile quarterback that is significantly, significantly better at passing the ball. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think Justin Fields can get there. I, I like what I've seen out of him, but like his wide receivers suck. His offensive line sucks. His coaching staff is new. Like I, 
I don't hate it. You know, I uh, I would like to look more at the like pace of both teams. If they both pay a, play a fast pace, that would kind of make me more nervous about the under here. But outside of that, I don't I don't hate your analysis. Um, I'm just saying you I mean, and my I brother can understand Oppa. why. I think yeah, I, I think I can fully understand why you look at that game and think it, the over is going to hit. But I think that's like part of what what you learn in sports betting is. I mean, that's kind of why it's like, oh, the Lions are surging. Why are they underdogs? Well, this is why. Um, right. I mean, the Bears have gone over in eight straight, so of course their over should be on paper the better side, you know. Yeah. According to pregame.com, around 75% of the bets are on the over, and it really hasn't moved from 48 and a half. Uh, according to VEASAN, who's got DraftKings uh, bet splits, they're, they're a sponsor of this podcast, the over is getting close to 80% of the money. And again, it hasn't budged. So you have you have the line freeze angle in your favor as well. And again, you have a completely one-dimensional Chicago Bears offense. Like, if they can't make score points running the ball, that, that's that. I don't, I don't know how they score I mean, points. If you were the if you were the Eagles, why not put eight in the box every time? Right. They're not. They're not going to pass it on Darius Slay. Moody. Moody's not going to do anything on Darius Slay. Also, it's a bit of a. I don't know. It could. It could be a look-ahead spot for Philly. So. Maybe they don't show their good plays, right? Maybe, maybe you know, it's they go with a pretty vanilla game plan and just try to run it, try to because they know they can beat the Bears with a with a stale game plan, get out of there with a twenty seven thirteen win, something like that, which obviously cashes your under. Yeah, no, I, I mean that that's the whole point. That'll honestly, that'll probably be a game I dump a ton of actual money on. Love it, love to hear that. All right. Um, well, talking let's, myself into dumping a bag on that one. Let's um, let's Eiffel Tower this next game, shall we? We both got a pick here in the Tennessee Titans <laughs> at Los Angeles Chargers. I've always wanted to use that verbiage for something, but I've never thought about the perfect spot for. Her. But sure, sure, this, sure. This is good as it gets, right? That was Step that was to the Titans. Yeah, <laughs> let's Eiffel Tower the Chargers real quick. All right. So I'll start it off. We're going to make this obviously conversational. We're, we're on the, the same side, right? We're both taking the points of the Titans. That's where yeah. you're on, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, right One now. Plus three. I actually started writing this up. I actually started writing this up. as Chargers minus three because I was like, oh, that line's kind of cool for the Chargers. And I was like, eh, nope. <laughs> um, all right. Couldn't get behind it at all. So last week. The Dolphins were three and a half point favorites in my uh in 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 uh in LA, right? This week the Titans are three point dogs in LA. Let me just put this as simply as I can, Nate. Are the Dolphins six and a half points better than the Titans? No. No, they're not. They cannot be. Sorry, you're kind of breaking up. You might have actually just outright froze, so you might have to hop back into the link or hop back into the Zoom. Hopefully, we pick you up here shortly. But I also talked about this on my handicap for the Chargers Dolphins. Nate, I think you're back. Um, and this is where I had success last year betting the NFL, which is just betting on teams that I have a good read on. 
This year, I'm seven and one betting Charger games, and I'm three and one betting Titans games. So I got a pretty good read of these two teams. I don't think there's any way the Titans are six and a half points worse than the Miami Dolphins. Um, also, Tennessee's got an absolute epic head coaching mismatch in its favor. Mike Vrabel is going to be the coach of the Tennessee Titans for the next 10 years. Brandon Staley possibly should have been fired already. Eh, that's that's strong, but he definitely is off to a shaky start. Um, and, and the strength in head coaching, I think, surfaces in high leverage situations or on third down and red zone. Tennessee on third down. They have a net plus five two uh, point plus five point two net third down con- conversion percentage plus eleven point seven net red zone scoring pre- uh, percentage. The Chargers have a net negative in both these areas, so I think the Titans are going to be able to keep the ball, and I think they're going to be able to score in the red zone. And um, this is an absolute buy low spot for the Titans. They've sucked lately, but they're, they've covered four straight after a double-digit home loss, and this is a sell-high spot for the Chargers. They just won on primetime as home underdogs, but Herbert as a primetime dog is, is easy money, and as a, as a home favorite, typically struggles. Also, the Chargers 6-9 and nine against the number following a win since the beginning of last year. They have a minus 4.5 ATS differential. In those spots, so I like the Titans for those reasons. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, my my handicap might be a little simpler. So the Titans have obviously lost public favor. They failed to cover three straight games, but again, like you said with Vrabel, they're one of the best coached teams in the league. And when you look at the, I think one of the things I've learned most in sports betting is when you look at the strength on weakness matchups. What strength do the Titans have that the Chargers don't? Well, running the ball. Derrick Henry versus a Chargers team that ranks dead last in opponents rushing yards per play. They're, they're, they give up 5.4 rushing yards per play. And you're telling me Derrick Henry isn't going to be able to abuse that type of team? So Derrick Henry struggled against Cincinnati. But like I said, Reader was there. Um, but the Titans also, they might get some flack for ranking 31st in opponents uh, passing yards per attempt or passing yards per game. But they actually have a decent, they rank 20th in opponents completion percentage. So um they allow yards but herbert isn't the most i mean he makes plays but he may not be one of the most uh like accurate quarterbacks in the league um i think their defense nonetheless is going to be able to limit herbert's efficiency and oddly enough both teams have been better this year on the road and uh the titans are on the road the titans are four and both teams are four and three on the road and three and three at home so give me a team that has the the widest the most glaring strength on weakness matchup and then the team that's just, they haven't been great at home and they've been better on the road. So uh, whatever it is, I actually wouldn't mind. I mean, I don't know what the money line is right now. Maybe like plus 140. I wouldn't mind playing the money line. Um, oh, I'm, I'm with I you there. I think the field goal is safe. Yeah, I think the field goal is safe. But like, if you really want to juice up a parlay, like you have like five favorites or something and you're like, okay, how do we how do we beef the odds here? Just throw plus 140 Titans. Um I think Henry has a good game, and I don't think the Chargers stop him, and that's basically my handicap. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I agree. The Chargers have pretty much the worst run defense in the league, um, and this is a, an absolute get-right spot for, for Derrick Henry and the, the Tennessee rushing attack. 
Um, and add into your kind of piggybacking on your earlier point of just like strength on weakness matchups, Miami Dolphins last week's, um, the Chargers, Chargers beat, beat the Dolphins last week. To me, they're both finesse teams and they match up really well together uh, against each other. Whereas Tennessee, like as corny and as hacky as it yeah. sounds, but they like take the identity of their coach. Like they're a hard nosed physical team that's well prepared. And they're just going to come at this game in a completely different way than the Miami Dolphins. Like you saw Brandon Staley did a really good job covering uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle last week. And Tua was just, he just sucked. He just didn't know what to do against the the Chargers coverage. Tennessee is going to run the ball straight down their fucking throats. Like that's exact, like they're coming at them in the simplest game plan. It is, hey, Henry, run right. Hey, Henry, run left. Henry, run up the middle. That's all it's going to be. And, and, uh, I'm I don't with think you the Chargers can stop it. <laughs> I don't. I don't think the Chargers can stop it. I think they're going to have to like outscore the Titans, and that's just not the way the Titans play. They're not going to get into a shootout. I mean, if this game goes over, we're screwed. <laughs> you know, like we we don't want this game to go over. We want it to be a dirty, shitty Mike Vrabel game, a 17-19 game. That's that's what I'm hoping the final score is going to be, and. Because the Chargers are a pretty one-dimensional offense, I don't I don't know how much success that that offense has. Granted, the Tennessee pass coverage has been really suspect this year, but their pass rush is pretty sick. And if the Chargers got to consistently make third and long, eventually it's the bend but don't break defense is is going to get the Chargers off the field. So we're on the same page here, buddy. Hopefully, hopefully it cashes. Big win. Let's hope. Um, all right. I got one more play here this week. Uh, I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams plus seven at the Green Bay Packers. And Thought about it. Didn't. Thought about <laughs> it. Didn't get there. And a, saw that line. In a Monday night football game that really just no one wants anything to do with. But who, who are the Packers to be laying seven to anyone? They're terrible this year, right? Like d- the loss of Devontae Adams completely screwed up the offense. In fact, their season has been pretty much foobar since trading that guy. And I've never been a Baker Mayfield guy or a fan, but we know Baker Mayfield is going to come in with max motivation. This guy is legit playing for an NFL future. Now, there's rumblings that Matthew Stafford could retire because of injuries. I think he ends up playing another year. But, like, Baker could catch on as the the Los Angeles Rams backup quarterback, which would be failing up. That would be the best scenario for him. Wouldn't you agree? And I feel like Baker's, like, like I don't know. This has nothing to do with a handicap. But I feel like Baker's the type of guy, the number one pick. He, I feel like he's just got too much ego to, like, be trash. Like, yeah. I feel like the Panthers was kind of like a setup after they dealt CMC. They were headed downhill anyway. Um, fired coach got fired. Yeah, yeah, he was horrible anyway. So now he's got a he's got a better coach. He's got weapons. He's got a d- decent offensive line. Good defense. I don't. I don't know. I. I like. Like I said, I get it. But like, we can guarantee Baker's motivation. Green Bay just had a bye week. 
I think the bye week is lost on him on them, right? You, typically, these late season bye weeks are better for teams that are in playoff contention that can use the rest and the time to heal up. Green Bay is going to be partying this this off week, right? Like this hippie Aaron Rodgers is going to be in South America doing ayahuasca or on Pat McAfee or Joe Rogan's podcast talking shit about COVID. Like how locked into this the season is he? Probably not at all. And the Rams defense isn't as as sick this year as it has been last year, but they can still completely take away the run. And if the Packers can't run the ball, I do not think Aaron Rodgers can just dice up that defense. They still have Jalen Ramsey out there. They still have Bobby Wagner, two of which are all pro. Hell, Bobby Wagner is a Hall of Fame um, linebacker. I don't think Aaron Donald comes back, but that defense still has a lot of talent. They they showed a lot of fight last week, and I think a lot of these players who are getting reps for the first time because of injuries, um, because of roster turnover, are going to be excited to play in Lambeau Field on Monday Night Football. And it's, again, going back to it, but it's very simply put, I don't see the Packers excited for this game. I don't. I know it's at home. I know it's primetime. Nah, I don't know. It feels like just a throwaway season for Aaron Rodgers. The guys won back-to-back MVPs, and they are complete shit. They have no chance of making the playoffs, and they're chasing a Minnesota Vikings team. The whole market has agreed is overrated. Everyone knows the Minnesota Vikings suck. The Packers have no chance of catching them. I think... I think I think they're gonna kind of lay over or lay down like maybe Aaron Rodgers gets it going in the second half and steals that game, but plus seven, both shitty teams. I'll take seven, whatever. Yeah, no, there's nothing. I don't have a ton of ton. I don't have anything much to add, but I don't hate it. It's Real kind quick. of more a mental. Uh, it's kind of more a mental uh, handicap than a than like an actual numbers one this time. I like it. I mean, I can't Basically, use... Basically, like, you just don't think the Packers are going to be there. So, by my metrics, by my advanced efficiency metrics, only the Houston Texans are really worse than the Rams. Like, there's no numbers that I can use for the Rams. Like, they suck. We're in full agreement the Rams suck. However, the Packers suck. The Packers suck really bad, too. And only one uh, team's getting seven points. the Packers... Yep. Yeah. Like, that, get it. you know, they have to win by a touchdown. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. That's 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 pretty much where I'm at. Real quick, neither one of us have a pick here, but I'm a Giants fan. We're playing Sunday Night Football. Doesn't four and a half feel like a little too much? Like, we just tied this team two weeks ago. I, why? What happened to four and a half? Yeah, no, I uh, I actually looked at four and a half. And so, like, I've, I I try to try to analyze some trap some trap lines sometimes. Like you're right, four and a half feels weird, and like, I I'm certainly not sold on the Commanders being a good football team. Still, I mean, I don't I don't think I'm gonna care what their record says. I don't care that they're might be in the playoffs. I don't think they're good at football. Um, so I'm gonna take the team I think is better coached, and I think that's the Giants. So yeah, like, I like four and a half. Honestly, no, I mean I'm not gonna play it. It wasn't a best bet for me because I don't trust the Giants either, especially after they got absolutely destroyed by the Eagles. But yeah. I think it's a spot where you're like, oh, maybe the Eagles are just that good and the Giants didn't have a great game. 
Yeah, like the way I look at it, pretty similar to you, it's like that absolute ass whooping by the Philadelphia Eagles really just makes this a better number. That's all it did. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't mean that yeah, it doesn't signify that the commanders are the superior side here. Yeah, and people are looking at it like, well, the commanders actually beat the Eagles. Eagles just beat up on the Giants. Giants are trending down. But it's this. I will say this does feel this. You can apply the same logic as to the Dolphins Bills game as to the Giants Commanders, where it's like it feels like the odds makers are like begging for you to take the Giants. But I don't know what the betting splits say. Hold on, hold on. I'll pull it up right now. Uh, on Veasan, the Giants, the Giants, the Giants are a public dog. Nah. Hey, we don't have bets in this. It's all good. We're just talking. We're just shooting the shit. I don't, I'm not saying bet the Giants. I'm just saying four and a half feels like a lot. That's all I'm saying. A- yeah, no, and all, all I'm saying is I don't think the commanders are good, and I agree with you. So I know I know we're a couple dudes talking about gambling. We don't really talk about our feelings, but my feeling is that the Giants plus four and a half is too many points. Like, if I have to get emotional about this game, <laughs> I just don't think the commanders are going to make the playoffs. They're yeah. not a good team. And it, it gets me irritated that they're over 500. Yeah. Daniel Snyder's a walking Me Too violation. They pretty much, they renamed. <laughs> How is the NFL allowing this? <laughs> they, yeah, they come down on Gruden, hate the sin, or love the man, hate the sin. But what about Dan Snyder? He, no one even loves that man. They just, they loathe him through and through. Uh you don't see Carson Wentz coming out here saying, I love me some Dan Snyder. Yeah. yeah. Ch- Chase Young won't even here. play football for this team. I don't I don't know where <laughs> this guy's went. Um, all right. Well, hey. Somehow comp- Terry McLaurin's been good. He's an OSU boy. Yeah, I have him on my He's fantasy well team. I have him on a fantasy team. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz <laughs> just ruined him for I like mean, the first seven really weeks. You're really taking – it's a primetime game, and it's Daniel Jones versus Carson Wentz. You tell me what you want out of that. Well, actually, they got Taylor Heineke. But like, oh, is it Heineke? Is it not Wentz anymore? No, it's it's Heineke, and that's the other thing. It's like, like I don't. Like, I haven't really been paying attention to much Commanders football. Shocking. <laughs> Nor should you be. Um, like the okay, so I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan, but like I think Daniel Jones is pretty clearly better than Taylor Heineke. <laughs> like Daniel Jones. Sucks against most teams. He actually plays really well against the Washington Commanders. I also kind of like Ron Rivera, but I feel stronger about Brian Dable as a coach. I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to talk to you about it because you're the homie and I'm a Giants fan. But we don't have any official bets in it, so we don't have to further. Yeah, we talked about my Bengals. Yeah, exactly. You're just, you know, just doing the favor. Yeah, yeah. You just help, just bros helping each other out. All right. So where can people find your stuff? This is this is the end of the road. Um. How can people uh, pay attention to your handicaps and, and follow your betting advice? All right. I'm on uh, Sportsbook Wire is where most of my handicaps are, but I would follow me on Twitter personally. A little egotistic. Uh, like I said, Nathan, uh, Beatley, B-E-I-G-H-L-E underscore. That's uh, that's my Twitter. I'll be – if you want to talk on there, I'm all ears. Love chatting it up with people. Yeah, are you going to be traveling this weekend or are you actually going to watch football and bet on it? Uh, yeah, I'm in town this week. My brother's in from Philadelphia for Christmas. So, nice. and the Bengals got a, got a little showdown with Joe, with, uh, Tom Brady. So I'll be watching, I'll be betting. I'll be watching. We get sports legalized in Ohio in two weeks. So sports betting? you're about to see me. Yeah. You're about to see me going balls to the wall. 
Okay, I might need to put some bets through you. Keep your Venmo. One 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 twenty three. It's legal. Oh baby, <sighs> love that. I'm about to sign up for fifty different free promos. Give me that DraftKings uh, promo. You got it out kick. I'll sign up for it. <laughs> Hell yeah, Give me dude. that FanDuel. Give me that points bet. I'll take them all. Go to go to. That's out- how you win. I've heard, dude. I've heard Sharp say like you need to. Like I've heard people say like you need to use all the sports. If if it's legal, use all the sports books. Absolutely. Get the best odds. Yeah. And the thing is, if you all right, so you should try to max out your your bonus in your in your first bet because then usually most of these books will just give you the next bet for free. Um, so like, if you place a big bet and it loses, then you should probably bet a money line of an underdog the next time because that's how you get the most value out of like the bonus bet. But you should absolutely use the promotions and 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 Nate, if you can help me by going to outkick.com backslash betting and use those promotions. That'll give Outkick a bigger reason to keep me employed longer and I can pay my bills. And they're expensive out here in Long Beach, California. Yeah, and think about it. Then I can come on and we can talk more often. And then I keep my friend. <laughs> exactly. So everyone go to DraftKings. Go to Outkick backslash bet or whatever. No, you got it. Uh, outkick.com backslash bet and hit up the DraftKings promo. Especially if you live in Ohio. Good stuff. I couldn't have done it any better. Hey, it's been too long. I miss you. We still talk here or there, but um, not as often as we, we once did, not as often as we should. And uh, best of luck to you the rest of the regular season. And I'm just saying that publicly. We'll, we'll be chatting privately. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, Thanks sir. for listening. Until next time, peace. Yeah.